jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all treading water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic So, thanks for the invite to party, yeah Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now, dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 39 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Uriah Dawkins. Join with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Billy Beeman and Josh Goldberg. How you guys doing? Good, man. Can't complain. Draft week's finally here. I know everybody's excited about that. Yeah, I, I like the pause right before your name, Uriah. You made it, made it, a little bit of drama involved in DU. It, you know, you got it. Like, who's, who is announce- who's announcing the intro this week? <laughs> just spice wait, it up a little wait, bit no. oh yeah it's just uriah we're good no what's funny is uriah actually i i think you kill it as a as a host so um, i'm just oh, fucking, i'm just fucking with you my guy no worries he's like okay i do this you know every tuesday or whatever for the last you know six months and you think you like i'd have it down and it's like it's still brain fart every time so it's all no no not at all i i probably should have told you this on the side but i'll do it in front of our listeners now you kill it every time man you don't have to worry about it i love it awesome so yeah i mean there's not a lot of news this week and obviously we have a a really really awesome show i think planned out so there's not really a lot to talk about baker mayfield did get his fifth year i think picked up right so that's Mm -hmm. that's good for us baker truthers um Gives him a little bit of time to work out a deal. I think he will get a deal done anyway. So, I mean, he's pretty much turned that organization around uh, with him being there. I mean, they've done a lot, like, to upgrade the whole team. But still, I mean. Yeah, I think if Baker has, you know, even the same season he had this year again, they'll they'll absolutely sign him to a good deal. And probably even before that, they I'm sure they're working on a long-term deal right now. It's just, you know, can they get the numbers right on it for them to do it before he performs? But um I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Securing a quarterback in this league is tough to do, man. You know, and and he he actually looked right last year, so I, I think they're happy with it. I'm I'm excited for it, but especially from a dynasty perspective, he was losing some some value there, and now I think he's uh he's come back up a bit. Yeah, and I think this would be his first year having the same, basically the same coaching staff. So same coaching you know, staff, roster. You actually get a shot, you know, to you know prove that he he is that dude, and I think he is that dude. So wheels up there cool yeah that's basically it it's draft week it's draft week uh two days this is when this is what we've all been waiting for um there's that like week or two where we're like man there's just not a whole lot of content to consume you know no more trades free agencies over and all that other shit we're like just get here already so yeah two days man and it's like uh it's christmas for us so it'll be great yeah definitely and it was uh it was either do we sit here and do we do another mock draft and and just like some, some <laughs> bs or something like that like everybody's doing and, and i don't think any of us wanted to do that so this week we decided to to come out with some some you know some of the dynasty basics that that i don't think we always think about um especially for some of the newer people in the dynasty but even people who have been in for a while these aren't always things you think about and even as i was building this out and i'm sure uriah and josh the same reading through it and building it out it's like oh, wait, like, what can I put in this section? What else can I, because it's like, you start thinking, you're like, there's more to it than, than just, you know, 
your average fantasy league. So, um, so yeah, you know, with the draft coming up, we thought we'd take a step back. Don't really need to get into all of that. And we can, we can give our listeners just the, the dynasty basics, right? Back to the base. You know, we went from last week having a uh, Jordan on who's like the deep dive, you know, dynasty theory analytics, you know, all the numbers and shit, but like this week, we're just going to hit the basics. Like what are you going to do with your first startup and, what are all these acronyms and all this other stuff that maybe you've never heard of because this is your very first year doing Dynasty. So let's get into it, man. I, I love that you said that though, because it's such a, it's such a perfect dichotomy, like going from the deep analytics that we've been doing. And it's something I said, I wanted to do the Dynasty theory and taking a step back and kind of going from the ground up again. So that's, that's a good point. And I, I like how we, we didn't do that on purpose, but we'll say that we did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So let's just, let's just jump right into it, man. Like your, I said, we're going to talk about all different things. And some of this actually will kind of be relevant for the upcoming rookie drafts. Cause we're going to talk a little bit about the picks and, and their value. So, um, like, like your, I said, we're going to talk about all of the basics. So here we go. Going to jump in with the abbreviations, like the number one thing that you probably need to learn when you get into dynasty leagues, because there's a lot, a lot of new uh, abbreviations for you than, than, it, than in your, uh, redraft league. So, um, let me just run through them here. First one, SF, right? What the hell is that? San Francisco? No, uh, <laughs> that's, that's your super flex league, right? So you're going to see a lot of, a lot of leagues are like, this is a, this is a, um, a dynasty SF league, right? You'll see that on Twitter or something like that. That's, that's a super flex. That's uh, two QBs or really it's one QB and another spot that allows you to play anything, whether it's a QB wide receiver, running back or tight end. Um, which is definitely different, gives you a lot more flexibility, and it's generally what we talk about on DU. Yep. Pretty much it's, just, it's an open flex spot. You can put any position there. So Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and yeah, so that's, that's, the, that's really one of the main ones in Dynasty that I had to learn when I got in. Um, other than that, there was a couple more. So PPR is something I think we're all familiar with, right? Point per reception. That's, that's your kind of your standard league now, uh, 0.5 or full PPR. Um, but there's some other ones that, that I kind of was introduced to when I got into Dynasty that I'd never heard of before. And maybe you use them in redraft, but PPC and PPFD. These were honestly for the first like month or two when I got into the community, I was like, the fuck is PPFD? Like, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah, some, somebody, somebody tell me what that is. So it's, uh, so these are point per carry and point per first down. Um, do either one of you play in any leagues like that? I think I have a point per carry league where it's like, uh, I think half point per carry, something like that. Okay. Um, and Josh, real quick. Mine's either quarter or half point. Okay. Uh, point per carry. So I'm actually not in any point per carry leagues. Does that change like the the way you draft at all? Like, I mean, you'd think you'd, you'd value running backs a bit more, no? Well, I mean, I always, I always personally value running backs high. They get, in my opinion, they get the most work and that gives you the most opportunity to score. So I'll always value running back high. The PPC is just a plus, in my opinion. Interesting. Okay. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, and then also the the rushing quarterbacks. So they they get those extra. Ah, that's that's a wrinkle that I wasn't thinking about. That's a good one. You know, I, I kind of value those guys higher in the first place, but you know, getting that just that little extra every time a running back or quarterback takes off, like just uh, icing on the cake. It's something to be aware of for sure. That's a good one. Yeah, man, because that that definitely add some points for your quarterback who already get, you know, Uber points anyway, uh, point for per first downs, pretty intriguing to me because it, it obviously values 
um, what is valuable in real NFL football, right? First downs, touchdowns, those kind of things. So it is taking into account something that is truly valuable in the football field. Um, how it would change things. I don't really know that that's something that I don't even look at as, you know, as an analyst, I don't look at how many first downs somebody gets that often. It is a, it is a, a you know, it defines success in a way, obviously. So it's important, but um, I'm just not very familiar with it, but I think it's a really interesting uh, wrinkle to leagues and I mean, I'm all for it, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think that if uh, you're in a point for first down league, you're going to try to maybe bump up the, the value of like some of your slot receivers and obviously your other tight ends too. Cause those guys are getting like that, you know, third and six, you know, quick little dump to one of your, uh, uh, tight ends or to your slot receiver to pick up that quick little first down. Those the types of guys, I think yeah. will get a little bump. So the short area guys, even like, even guys like James white too. some of those guys yeah. who get like, you know, the, the underneath passes a lot and, and our work to, to get first downs literally. Yeah. It's a great point. You, you really, with those things, it's interesting because you, you have to become more of an analyst in a way and watch football and analyze your players, at least from fantasy perspective, um, less as a fan, right. And more like, what does this guy do well? And what does he actually do well? And where can I find that information? Because if you're in one of these leagues, you can't like, in my opinion, you can't just go about it. Like, all right, I'm going to go and see what the draft board looks like. You have to put some extra thought into it and say, okay, it's point per first down. Who matters more? Devontae yeah. Adams, does he get the most first downs in the league? I think he's up there. That's why I'm mentioning him. Like those kind of guys, they matter that much more. So it might bump him up three or four spots in your rankings or whatever when you're drafting a guy. Yeah. I've personally not in any PPFD league. So to me, I mean, I honestly didn't even know that was really – I mean, obviously I know that the setting is there. I just didn't know people actually utilize it. <laughs> Oh man, people utilize everything, brother. Like <laughs> yeah. you'd be surprised guys like Will Dennison and those guys that we talked to. I mean, they've, they've been doing it for a long time and, and obviously over time, maybe board's not the right word, but you get interested in other, or you get a, uh, you get ideas, right? You're like, Oh, we could try this out and that out and maybe it'll make it more fair or more, you know, challenging, whatever. So they get into it. And, and I think a lot of people have a, not a lot, but in, in our niche community, people have adopted it, you know, for a good amount of leagues for sure. Yeah. All right, a couple more here. Um, these are not necessarily point related. Well, actually one is, so let's hit that. Tight end premium, TEP. So at, at first I said SF, right? You'll see on Twitter all the time, especially in trade uh, in trade polls and stuff. So if you're new, you might not notice or know what it is, but Dynasty SF TEP, 1.5 TEP, 2.0 TEP, right? That's tight end premium. That's how many premium points over one point per reception a tight end will get right so yep. if there's a tight end premium your tight ends are getting an extra usually half point sometimes extra full point for a reception um over other players yeah that, that's important that's to know another thing i think is becoming standard kind of across uh dynasty is definitely so i agree um and one thing to add in here which i didn't and it's not really an abbreviation but i think um oh never mind we're gonna go to it in a second I got ahead of myself. Okay. <laughs> uh, last two abbreviations. These are league types, really. So C2C and Debbie. So tackle the first one first. Uh, Josh, why don't you give us the first one since you're actually in one of these leagues? Campus to Canton. Um, pretty much you draft incoming freshmen into one program and you have those players and you're able to hold on to them through their entire college career. You could obviously trade them, add free agents, drop them as you need. But then 
at least in the CCC league I'm in, those players automatically get converted over to your NFL roster. There's not a bidding process or anything like that. So, for instance, I had uh, Waddle, Smith, Pitts, and Najee Harris in the and cam- campus part. So now I have all four of those players on in my actual draft, my actual uh, roster. But you're technically playing two fantasy leagues at the same time. There you go. You're playing, yeah. you're playing the college, your college versus other your other dynasty guys. And then you also have your NFL. So it is a little bit more work. Um, my one regret with the CTC I joined was that it was IDP. I kind of wish I did one that was only offense to begin with just to really learn the ropes. But I said, screw it and dove right in. So I'll be getting some IDP training also. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I've been looking for one too. It, I think it's really cool because the way the, uh, and one that's not IDP because I'm just not going to do that to myself, but uh, and, and we'll, <laughs> we'll mention what IDP is in a second, but um, C2C. Yeah. So basically it's really cool because you have one team that's all college players and that team competes against a, another, like if it's a 12 team league, another 12 teams who have a, co- a full college team or a college roster. And you also have your normal dynasty roster. So then all those players as they, you know, become, as they go get drafted, they move on to your active roster, your dynasty roster. So you're basically playing two teams and constantly trying to be the champion, champion of both. And it's just like, it's a badass concept for sure. Yeah. But and number, the number of players, like we use fan, in the league I'm in, they use fan tracks for, for the college team. Yeah. yeah. But the number of players you have on your college roster is just absolutely. Yeah. You usually go like 45 rounds, like Debbie, like crazy. So there does come a point where you got to like right now we're going through this transitional period where you list all the players you want to port over to your NFL roster. You can move anybody down to your taxi squad that you want, but after I believe it is either this Saturday or this Sunday, anybody in your taxi squad gets dropped and goes into an, an auction type pool. So I had to like move players around to make sure that none of my key incoming call incoming rookies were in the taxi squad because I was using it as a placeholder. And then I realized, Oh shit, I could lose all these guys really easily. But the one nice thing is if you have a player in the taxi squad that gets auctioned, you have the ability to match the winning price. If you wanted to. It's like a tender almost. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, that that's the full breakdown of the C2C leagues. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Uh, if you, I, if you see it around, that's what it means. Uh, campus to Canton. All right. And then something similar to that is Devi. That's kind of your precursor to C2C. Um, if you ever get into C2C, I suggest you get into Devi first. It's a, it's a nice introduction, but Devi is developmental. That's what it, that's what it stands for. What it really is, is your normal dynasty league, but then you add in college players who you can add to your taxi squad. They do not score points like in campus to Canton uh, until they are drafted by an NFL team. And then you have to take them off of your taxi squad. Uh, this can go, you can have, you know, one Devi player per team, you know, you can have one round of Devi where you, where you select that many, or you can do, you know, 24 players, 36 players and go super Devi depleted. That's what it's called when you deplete the Devi pool and you get rid of players and add them to rosters. Um, and then, you know, that changes the game. Obviously, if there's a lot of these players out of the rosters, then your research becomes a lot more, um, a lot more important your preparation becomes a lot more important in, in knowing who these players are just in college um, so that you can get ahead of the pack. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uriah and I are in one of these leagues together. I know Josh is in 
in a couple we co-own a league and josh i know is in a, is in a Devi league for sure and probably a couple um they're they're a blast i'd highly I mean, recommend it my my debbie is my c2c okay yeah there you go so the c2c but um debbie it, what i think it really does for you is it helps you um understand not understand it helps you get ahead of the pack uh, against your competition with everything else because you know the players coming in way before they do and sometimes you just know more players than people bottom line absolutely the only thing that i think i would touch on again i know we're just kind of going over abbreviations what they mean but also what it does for the your rookie draft is like in our debut right now uh the 101 is not going to be trevor lawrence because trevor lawrence has already been picked up the year before uh it's not going to be justin fields because justin fields was already picked up the year before you know, so when they talk about Debbie and the rookie draft it being depleted, it means that most of those top tier guys who are going to be uh, first round dynasty picks have already been picked. So it's just something to kind of be aware of that the value of those picks is probably a little less than what you've been used to in a regular Debbie league. So dynasty league. So somebody tried to just send me, uh, what was it? For C.D. Lamb, they tried to send me Corey Davis in a 1.12 in a in a Debbie league. I mean, and I was like, I just sent back. I was like, the Debbie pick's worthless, man. Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's virtually worthless to me in, in this trade, especially with C.D. Lamb. It's like, so um, you know, you just got to. And it's honestly people trying to catch you, not realizing it's a one, it's a Debbie depleted 112, which is more like a 2.12.3 something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, you just got to be aware of that kind of stuff. One thing that we didn't touch on um, was IDP as an abbreviation. If you see that, that is individual defensive player. A lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of leagues are include defensive players individually. You can select safeties, linebackers, cornerbacks, whatever they, they do all those type of things. Um, I don't think we play many of those. Uh, they're, you know, people have fun in them. I'm not super into it, but, um, but by all means, join it, enjoy it. Yep. We'll be, we, I mean, we will be talking about it this year since my CTC is an IDP league, but we'll yeah. be talking about it. I'll be cutting it out. Don't worry. <laughs> it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, yeah. Um, the one nice thing about the CCC though, and I don't know if this is universal or just specific in mind, it's actually best ball. So I don't really have to worry about setting a lineup. I don't think all of them are like that, but um, that's more reason why you should just forget about that league and then join one that's not IDP. <laughs> <laughs> hey, because, if, because if any of our listeners know of any good CTCs that are not IDPs, I, I, there's there's easy we ways don't. to get into them. I know how to find them, Josh. There's easy ways. <laughs> trust me. Um, but but uh, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know what I was saying. Anyway, okay, cool. On to some scoring abbreviations. That's pretty much, I think all you need to know about abbreviations. If we hang on that any longer, you probably stop listening. So we're uh, rolling over to the scoring. Okay. So we touched on a couple of these things like the abbreviations points per carry and PPR and PPFD. So we don't really need to touch on them again. I think we kind of discussed like their impact is yeah, their, their impact as well. So for scoring, um, one thing to be aware of, obviously, four touchdowns or four points per touchdown or six points per touchdown, and this is per position. Definitely for quarterbacks, you got to know yep. if it's four or six. If if quarterback is six, I mean, it increases their value so much. Um, it's uh, it's yeah. So it's really important to to know that. Um, same with same with the players. Usually, I'm sorry. Same with like wide receiver, running back, tight end. Generally, the touchdowns are six points per touchdown. But I, you know, maybe you're in a wonky league. It's something you really need to pay attention to because it it changes everything. Yeah, I'd say with the you if you're sitting there and the uh, you have like the two ten and you haven't picked up a quarterback yet and you realize that 
I don't know, 16 quarterbacks are gone and you're wondering, well, what the hell's going on? And then you go and look at the scoring and realize it's six points per touchdown. Maybe that's why. So, um, yeah, I'd say four is the standard, but there, there's still plenty of leagues out there that have six. So something to be aware of. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm the worst at checking scoring before I join. <laughs> it's important. It's, it's dynasty it, basics. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the first, honestly, the first thing I do when I join a league is I, is I check the scoring and the roster like yeah. limit, like what I, what I'm allowed to have, because I've also gotten into a draft before and gotten, I think a couple picks in and I didn't realize, Oh, I'm required to start, uh, you know, two running backs every time. And, and, you know, three receivers and, some leagues I'm in like console wars doesn't require you to require you to start much, but one, I think per position. So it's like when you're coming from that perspective, you almost forget sometimes like, Oh shit, it can be different. And like, it changes the way you do it. Cause if you need to start two, you better have two decent running backs. Like if you don't need to start two, then you can go and fucking flex five receivers like we do in, in console wars. So love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That is the, uh, the Uriah and Billy special right there. Yeah. Um, trying to change right. my ways but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well we, we both have slowly kind of like modified that but it's uh, I think we're both still in favor of, of a lot of wide receivers good good ones that is um, maybe you like the wide receiver twos more than I do still <laughs> love them <laughs> um, all right so one that I wanted to mention for scoring that that wasn't really a abbreviation was tiered PPR so this is something that kind of when you were talking about when we were talking about tight end premium and, and all that this is one that I'm not in any leagues um that have this scoring setting, but I think it is the way that all leagues should move to. It makes sense to me where it's essentially the one setup is your tight ends get one point per reception. Your wide receivers get half point per, per reception and your running backs get 0.25 per reception. That's one way to do it. You can obviously modify that in any increments you'd like, whatever you think is, is fair, but it, what it does is it devalues the short area targets for running backs that are BS one yard touches and it, you know, it brings up the value of the tight end a little bit and just kind of moderates the value of the wide receiver uh, mm -hmm. catches because they can be targeted at a high volume compared. Um, and, and it doesn't really um, work out in fantasy scoring. So I think this is a really, really, really cool idea. It's just something that people don't, I, I think when people think about it, they're like, that's just too much. It's just too much. Why, <laughs> you gotta, why do I got to work so hard? But I think when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense as far as fairness of targets within an actual NFL team. Yeah, I agree. I'd say the next thing to look at what scoring is uh, interceptions, fumbles. Uh, I guess a lot of times we're kind of just used to like maybe uh, minus two points for interception, minus one for a fumble, but there are some iterations of that. I've seen minus four for interceptions, minus two for fumbles. It's important to look at when you're looking at what quarterback you have, right? The year that Jameis Winston went off and had a really, really great fantasy year. If you were in a league that had like minus four per interception, it might not have turned out so well. So just another thing you want to think about. Great point. Yeah. And if you were in a SFB and you had him, you probably got oh, yeah. negative 500 points every time. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely watch out for those. Um, great point. So last one here for scoring bonus points. Um, I haven't had anything like bonus points since I played in redraft leagues. There's a, my actually my work league who like the owner of the company or the one of the partners at the, the firm runs. Um, I really wish he wouldn't do it this way. He has like the craziest bonuses in them. Um, and I can't ever win the league because I don't fucking know how to play with bonuses. All right. Like, I, yeah, like, I don't <laughs> so, wait, wait, bonuses. Do you mean like hundred yard or like, yards, like that kind of shit or exactly. So like a bonus would be two points when a player gets over 100 rushing yards or when a quarterback throws over 350 passing yards or something like that. 
those would be bonuses. Now I'm not in favor of this. Um, I think what it does is it makes a game that's already kind of driven by chance, even more driven by chance. And, and honestly, at that point, what you do is you just pick the players who can really, um, can really pop. You know what I mean? The guys like you're literally just trying to, to get like the, the CMCs, like the biggest guys who are going to have the biggest plays at all times. Amari Cooper is like, you do not care about down weeks because you are trying to hit the ceiling at every, every play, but it's just, it's not really my, uh, it's not my taste in fantasy. So um, I'd avoid it, but got to, got to let you know what it is just in case they're there. Um, you could definitely slip into a league without knowing they're there and, and it'd be really crappy. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you said. Just, <clears throat> It just leaves a too much chance, I think. Like, like how do you plan for it? Like, like how how are you gonna set up your tiers to draft a team based on like five different bonus thing? Like, it's just too much. Like, I mean, we're already degenerates, but like that is just that's too much for me, man. <laughs> yeah, like the worst ones are like oh, fi- like point like extra points for a fifty plus yard catch or something like that. It's like how can how can I possibly like analyze a player and be like he's gonna get more fifty plus yard catches than him? Like yeah, I could I could look over the last three years, but that doesn't mean anything. Like when when it comes, there's such a a small um you know I'm using such a small sample size with that because there's no you know but they get they get ten deep passes a year for some of these guys like yeah there's only like one Will Fuller in the league like yeah what are you gonna it, do? <laughs> exactly no you nailed it um so okay cool I mean that's that's the abbreviations and scoring. I mean, that's the real, real basics. Um, cool. Next thing, next thing we got here is rosters, roster limits, and just different, you know, roster setups. Um, generally with dynasty leagues, I mean, I've seen, I don't know about you, Uriah uh, or Josh, but you know, your general dynasty league, not your campus to can or anything like that, but has 20 to 30 roster spots, maybe some more. It can, it can get up to like 40 ish, but Generally, I think it's like 25 to 30 active roster spots, then maybe five or 10 taxi spots or something like that. So really quick, in my campus, the Canon League, 100 man (laughs) roster plus, excuse me, plus unlimited taxi squad. This is Dynasty Basics, Josh. Stop stop trying to scare people, bro. (laughs) Don't worry. You don't have to. I'm scared. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Don't worry, everybody. You don't have to worry about 100-man rosters. That is that is absolute insanity that you will get into probably your second week into this because you're a degenerate like us. <laughs> so so yeah, the, the roster limits are generally 20 to 30. Um, starting lineups range from like 9 to 11 players. It depends on your, your setup. Um, I think generally it's like 9 or 10 players, but I've seen some. I think Console Wars is 11 uh, uh console yeah console wars is 10 but i know our, our debbie's 11 so our debbie's 11 okay yeah so if you're starting 11 i mean there is a you got to have a couple extra our uh wide receiver twos on your team you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly no yeah. it, it does it i mean the more you have to the more players you have to start on obviously the deeper you you want your bench to be um, it's, it's a lot. I mean, we found out really quickly in this Debbie league with, with 11 starting lineup, like it's, it's hard to put out a really good starting lineup in that league. You yeah. need to, you need to have a lot of good players, right? Like it's not in, in a nine, you're in a nine, uh, starting lineup league. You're, you're worrying, you don't have to worry about two of those players, right? Like actually getting you points. They can be bench players. They can be roster fillers. They can be guys you're taking a shot on in taxi squad this way. You have to get players that are going to be active and in, in scoring points. So it does, and in Debbie leagues, man, it, you got to be even more savvy when it when it comes to that because there's just so much less 
out there that you can go get if you are depleted at a position, right? You have to either make a trade or you got to be fucking sneaky with the Debbie picks. Yeah. yeah. So the, the two big iterations of that is you're going to have, say, like a 25 man roster and five or six taxi squad, uh, or you'll have the expanded rosters like uh, Safe Leagues has. If you do Scott Fish's Safe Leagues, there is no taxi squad, but you have like, I think, 34 spots um, to mess around with until the season starts. And then you have to narrow it down to like 30 or something like that. So it expands it for the rookie drafts. If you happen to have more rookie picks, then you have roster spots for a little while. So, but the thing with taxi, to be aware of the thing with taxi squad is there's so many iterations of it. Some leagues are years one, two, and three. Some leagues are only year one. You have anywhere from two to five spots. I mean, it's taxi squad to me. There's just it's a great idea. It's just there's so many different versions of it that you really have to look at the league structure to figure it out. I love it. Josh jumped right into our next point here, which is taxi squads. And that's uh, really, we've been mentioning it this whole time, but your taxi squad is a place where you can house your incoming uh, rookies. So, you know, when you, when you draft, let's say last year, you draft CD lamb, right? He's a, he's a rookie. You can either choose to keep him on your active roster and score you points, or you can leave him on your taxi squad. Um, and, and then he doesn't count against your active roster. You can hold more players, whatever it may be. Now, CD Lamb's one that you want to take off of there. Now, taxi squads are nice because it allows you a place to hold players that you may not have been able to hold otherwise. It's, it's you know, younger players that maybe like Josh was saying for a year or two that would be dropped from your active roster. Now you can give them a chance to break out. Taxi squads, I think, become a lot more important and impactful when you get into contract and salary cap leagues where when they're on your taxi squad, you do not have to pay them any more money. They, their, uh, their salary is basically held at that, at whatever it is. So say you, you got Darnell Mooney for a dollar or something because he was cheap, right? Now you put him on your taxi squad and you go into the next season where you have to pay your player an extra five or $10 to, to keep him, right? Or something like that on contract. Well, Darnell Mooney sits on your taxi squad for a dollar again. So it's the advantage of having cheaper players. That's what taxi squads do for, for uh, salary cap leagues and stuff like that. So it becomes very impactful and they're very helpful as far as uh, developing a roster. One other caveat with taxi squads is some leagues allow you to move players on and off it at will. Other leagues, once your players off your taxi squad, they're off it. You cannot re-put them back on. I think only I think I'm in only one out of my like 20, 15 leagues or whatever I'm in that allows you to move the players back and forth. Everything. You almost said twenty. Stop lying. Right. <laughs> well, no, if I get into these three that are pending, it'll be up there. <laughs> I love it. All right, the la- the last thing on your uh, on your dynasty roster that you you might not have known about if you're just getting into it, especially with uh, from redraft, is your I- well, no, you know about these. I don't know why I'm talking about that you got a bunch more IR spots in Dynasty than you do in redraft. So yep. it's obviously, you know, you can have a lot more injuries because you have a lot more players and it's a place to hold them. Um, they just have to actually be injured in the NFL to get on there. That's pretty much the only deal. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. So now that we've gone over abbreviation scoring and rosters, we can get onto the fun stuff. I mean, that was really the basic, basic, basic stuff of, uh, of Dynasty Leagues. Now I want to talk a little bit about rookie picks, and this is perfect because we have rookie drafts coming up. We have the NFL draft a couple of days away, and 
your rookie picks are hella valuable right now. I know you've noticed it. If you're in a dynasty league, people are hounding you for your rookie picks, or you probably already sold some because you may not know. And hopefully you got all the value for it that you could. But uh, what I want to talk about here is the life cycle of a, of a pick and of player value in dynasty, right? Because a lot of questions we get um, from listeners are what, what is a pick worth compared to a player? you know, what is a pick worth right now? What are those kind of things? So big shout out to at EK baller on Twitter. He is, um, he's an absolute champion for making this, this graph that I know we've put out. I put out on my personal account. I know we've put out on uh, AGP. Um, we definitely got to, I love it. Got it right on our screen here too. We got to put it out on a DU's account as well, but it is a graphic that shows you the cycle of a pick and a player value. And it gives you the breakdown of when uh, during the year, month-wise, um, what is going on during the NFL season and where we are at within, you know, uh, combine and uh, free agency and, and draft and all that stuff. And, and it basically identifies um, the best times or the peak value and I guess the, the lowest point for your picks and players um, throughout the year. Yes. What what um this is what Eric uses here, uh, EK Baller on Twitter. What he uses is moderate pick value, uh, high pick value, and then peak value, right? To indicate really when the value tapers off and when it kind of picks back up. And so we're just going to discuss when that kind of happens. Going from off season, you know, going from really Super Bowl, we'll go from because um, that kind of is, I think, the last landmark from a season we have, and go around the uh, the world here. So. In February, we have the Super Bowl, right? And I think after that happens, you have the combine. And a lot of players, right, after the Super Bowl, you're, you're just thinking about the next year, right? So a lot of the times your focus turns from my players on my roster to what am I going to get this next year? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What can I do? How can I get into the 2021 draft? And what's going on? So your picks instantly after the Super Bowl, they pick up value, right? The, the combine's coming. We're ready to go you know, this is a spot where you can really take advantage of people. Um, and it's a spot where I think a lot of people get taken advantage of as new dynasty players, because they don't understand that their picks have really increased in value. Um, and they'll usually, they, they'll sell them off a lot of the time for less value than they could get. And it's, you know, it's just something I think, <laughs> I think that we, I think we all probably experienced when we first got into dynasty. Yeah, obviously uh, the best time is like, once the championship in your dynasty leagues is over, everybody's allowed to trade again, depending if you have trade deadlines or not. Everyone is probably looking at their teams like, okay, shit, like maybe if you had a couple guys mortgage the future and they don't have any picks and now they have some players that they're going to try to move for picks and everybody's looking to uh, reload, looking forward to reloading. And between that time, between the end of your championship season and all the way up to the combine, um, that's when people are really going to be looking to acquire picks because the only way to stay young and stay competitive in dynasty is to keep turning that roster. Right. So most notably here on EK ballers graph is the combine hype. Uh, I love it. That's the thing, you know, you see the guys doing the underwear Olympics. He runs a four, three, 43 inch vertical or whatever it happens to be. Everybody's getting hyped for certain people and they're going to look at their roster and be like, I don't have a pick. Uh, I have a, I have the 110 or I have like a couple of seconds, but like, I need to move up. Like they're going to pay to move up in that, that period of time while the hype is still real. So that's an absolutely perfect time to try to get the most value you possibly can 
for your current picks at the time. Yeah, nailed it, dude. And right, so what what do you what do you Ball did? What he did on this chart was he also indicated color in a color way when you should sell your picks. And your eye just just hit on it right now. So right, we we just finished up combine hype season. We are literally getting right now into the draft and scouting season, and when I mean, we're right in the middle of it. And then we'll get into um, rookie draft season, which is in just a couple of weeks, right? A week week or two away here. And like you're saying, this is when you can sell them, right? You don't want to go buy picks right now. It ain't going to help you out to go some, some, um, you know, some really savvy dynasty player is going to be sitting there licking their chops, ready to sell you a first round pick for, you know, last year's best player, Jonathan Taylor or John Deandre Swift or whatever it may be. Um, yep. So what you're wanting to do here is kind of do the same, take advantage, try to sell your picks for the most value you can, if you want to do that, especially if you're not in favor of guys in this draft class. So that's where we're at right now. Selling your picks, right? You can get the most value. Don't take less for them. Take everybody for what they have right now, because that's, that's where we're at. The hype is real. Um, Moving on from there soon, we're going to be getting into preseason and camp, right? And there's some hype in there as well. So, um, you definitely still have some value for your picks, but it's not nearly as much, right? This is when it starts slowly dying down. So you can still probably sell off some picks, but um, we've already drafted. So it's not going to be 2021, right? It's going to be next year's picks. So already there's a little bit dip in value there. So um, I think one thing we're going to be cautioning from here on out is, is kind of, you know, holding or buying picks. Yeah. One thing that we skipped over real quick was, the absolute best time to sell your picks is literally when you're on the clock in your rookie draft. Oh, great point. The reason behind that is, is there's actual people now assigned to that, that pick, right? So you, you own the one Oh six and a super flex. And there's somebody who's quarterback or running back needy. And Najee Harris is sitting there. Someone really, really wants him. They're going to pay you absolute top dollar for that pick when he knows or she knows she's going to get this exact player. That's when you can capitalize the most on trading your picks away. And honestly, and at the same time, it's a great time to get one of their future picks for pennies. I mean, if you look right now, if you're looking at what 2020 picks cost, people are just giving them away. Fast forward 365 days. It's, you know, uh, 10 times its value. So that's something that, that, uh, definitely want to be aware of because that's that's coming up in like one week from now we'll all be on the clock in our rookies drafts yeah i'm really glad you pointed that out right that's that might be the best point of on this chart um that people don't really even notice when you're on the clock that you can you can take advantage of looking at looking at your your league mates teams and understanding who they need that's a huge part of it dude go and look at that stuff so um it just it it really matters because it like your eyes saying you need to know if the guy behind you or a couple guys behind you is really running back needy or if the guy in front of you is going to take Kyle Pitts move out of your pick after that if that was your target you know there's 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 thing there's really important information to know about your league mates so really glad you touched on that as we get into you know um, camp and regular season uh, for fantasy these these pick values really really drop. Um, and one thing that you can always take advantage of are, uh, our teams, um, playoff teams, right at, at the trade deadline. I mean, we, we definitely talked about this last year. This was a big thing for, I think Uriah and I, um, it was a big thing for me. It's how I, I won, um, the console wars league. So it's, you know, your picks, 
picks are, are not really valuable around uh around console i mean around uh console is around playoff time so <laughs> it's a really good time for you to pick those up when other teams are heading into the playoffs trying to win a championship right yeah like how many how many first round picks do you have in the 2021 draft in that league right now uh this is two in their fourth round picks there you go <laughs> so <laughs> somebody got full advantage of me trying to to win win the league it worked out for me but it doesn't always that's the thing it worked out for me but many 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 times and probably most of the time it's not going to work out where you go into the playoffs and you sell off all your picks and you win the league what it is going to work out for is is a lot of people who buy those and they you know they end up being you know you buy a, a pick two years out and that team ends up just falling apart and now you have a top five pick in 2023 you know what i mean or in 2022 yeah. so it's you know, there, there's definitely um, a lot to be taken advantage of here. And I think what we're just really trying to to get through is that there is a very noticeable and real cycle to these picks and player values. I mean, it's, it, it's clear as day. It's right here. He's, he's mapped it out for you. And if you can, if you can kind of internalize this and you don't need to look at it throughout the year, I mean, it, it really increases your chances to, to not get taken advantage of and to take advantage of not people, but the values out there. Yep. And then uh, if you move along to like the regular season, this is kind of one thing that this chart also shows really well is kind of the difference between future picks value and player value. So when you're in the regular fantasy season and regular actual people are playing and putting up points, the players themselves start to increase value. October, November, the players themselves, because they're scoring points like you could Two years ago, Todd Gurley in December was worth, well, <laughs> a whole lot more than he's worth now. But, <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, when no, but that is trying, a good one. Yeah, when uh, people are trying to win leagues, they don't, they're not really caring about dynasty value anymore, which, you, which honestly, you shouldn't. You should be trying to win your league. You should be trying to score points. So at that point in time during the regular season, pushing into the playoffs, these players that maybe you're trying to move off of, maybe you're not contending or whatever. That's an easy time to move them. Like, like if you want to try to make a trade today, uh, a couple of days before the rookie draft, you're not going to get anything for some of these older vets. Best thing to do is to hold on to them until they're they're producing points again, and then you can get uh, get away and sell them. I think that's just something to also think about. It's not just about the picks, but also about the players in the league too. So their value goes up and down a lot as as time goes on. No, I think. I think AK Baller did an awesome job with the cycle pick chart. My one thing I would like to see added would be the NCAA schedule around it and how the picks change during the NCAA season. That's interesting. Hmm. That's an, that's a good one, Josh. I'll definitely, I'll hit him up about it. Him him and I have had uh, a couple conversations. He's, he's actually, um, I think I've asked him to come on the show and he he agreed. So we can have him on the show one day as well to talk about this and, and some other stuff. He, he does film reviews as well. So we've had discussions about that and, and other stuff. So um, I'll ask him, I'll ask him if that, if that, if he has ever thought about adding that in there. Yeah. Just cause I would like to see how, like how it correlates to like the NFL season, if it's the same type of schedule or if the preseason and NCAA hype will hype a pick up possible future pick value up more so. Definitely. There, there's got to be some sort of effect. So I, I, I would think that it could be added at some level. Alrighty. Um, I mean, I think that was a great, a great breakdown of that. And I, I think our listeners will really appreciate it. I love it. Okay. So moving on something related hit rates, hit rates. 
They matter. Grades. Yep. And we're going to talk about it specifically for running backs and wide receivers. Um, maybe we'll add QBs in the future and talk about that. And and I don't really know if we if they even if we have the the data like already done on tight ends, maybe, maybe not, but that's something we can look into too. The thing for tight end, real quick, they were drafted in the first round. They'll probably hit for a top 24 season almost 100 percent of the time. At least one. But tight ends are not drafted in the first round very often. So yeah. Hayden Hurst, hey, he came back and had had his had his top 24 season, I, I think, this year. So uh, uh, I'm worried about him. <laughs> yeah, well, especially if Kyle Pitts goes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about hit rates, right? So there is um, this is something I know that like I know every time I talk to somebody who's new to Dynasty, like they, they look at me like I, I, I'm an alien whenever I'm like, listen, man, the hit rates for for guys drafted in the second round uh, at that age not not really great they're like huh <laughs> so uh it's something that you know i i wanted to touch on it's something you don't think about a lot um but draft capital really matters right what round a player is drafted in uh has a high correlation with their overall fantasy success okay so i just wanted to do the basics of it right here i don't even think i have age included in this one, which I don't. So we can get into that in the future, but this is just a, a good introduction to um, to really hit rates and, and how, I guess, where you should be looking to pick uh, a player depending on where he was drafted, right? So um, running backs, if they're not drafted in the first three rounds, you, you basically don't even touch these guys. That, that That's kind of what the data shows. So getting into the numbers here, running backs drafted in the first round, right? the chance that they have of hitting a top five season is 34%. If they're drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. Okay. 34%. I mean, that's not even a great hit rate. That's okay. I mean, it's fairly, fairly decent, but it's really not great. Um, a top 12 season, 62.9%. Top 24, 85.7. Chances that a running back drafted in the first round has a top 36 season, 94%. So if you get a guy drafted in the first round, he's hitting. Yeah, he's sitting for sure. He's a running back too, pretty much hands down um, or better, but that's where you're getting there. Now we go down to round two and things just plummet. Okay. Round two, top five, 15, but we'll, we'll call it 16%. Top 12, 21%. Top 24, 39, top 36, uh, 52. And then round three, this will be the last one I do. This is interesting to me because I want to touch on this round three, top five, 15%. Top 12, 20%. Top 24, 42%. Top 36%, 52%. Round two and three are almost identical. So almost. you actually have a better chance of a top 24 finish in round three than you do in round two. Yeah, I don't, I, and I'm not sure why that is. It, it may be because some of these guys just kind of like end up falling into the third round because of other other players, you know, being picked. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't really matter to me. The information that's kind of important there is is I don't need to discount a guy for being drafted in round three as a running back. That's just something no. I, I don't need to worry about. You know what I mean? But what I do need to worry about is that there's only a 15% chance, 16% chance this guy is a top five, uh, 20% chance, which is about the same in, in my mind. That's how I work it out of a top 12 hit in, in round two or three. So, I mean, that's that's scary, dude, because think about it. We're high on, on Travis Etienne, right? Like I'm yeah. high on Travis Etienne. I seen a mock to, to the to the Dolphins in round two. Yeah. I mean, that's scary. That means that that he, you know, his chances are likely a top twelve to fifteen guy in his career. Yeah, it's it's literally a 50-50 shot that he has an RB three season. 
those are the facts, people. Those are the facts. Going back to 2003. I don't like that. You know, there's going to be, I don't know, six running backs taken in the second, third round, maybe. And half of them might have an RB3 season. Maybe. So at so, <laughs> so if Travis Etienne gets drafted in the second or in the second round and Michael Carter goes in at the end of the second, but after him, or in the in the beginning of the third, I mean they have the same shot. They have the same shot. That's that's the the, the crazy thing. They have the same percent chance of of hitting as a top 12 back, essentially. I'll I'll put it there. A 20% chance of hitting. I don't like that. That's scary to me. And this is information that I've even forgot when I'm looking at these players. So um it's something I think that I need to keep in mind more, but that, are, are, I mean, listeners got it, got to get on this info, man. And the one thing that kind of correlates to is your rookie picks. So your 205, 206 might seem sexy because it's a mid second, but at your mid second, are you getting a guy that was drafted the top of round four in the NFL draft, or was it some guy that was drafted in the mid third of the NFL? You know what I mean? You know, that type of thing, right? Like you're, you know, maybe I should say third round picks, you know, like you have three third round picks. Yeah. You have three shots at maybe half the time getting some production. Yeah. Like, well, even worse. Yeah, exactly. We didn't even, I didn't even touch on like the, the rounds four through seven, but just a top five season for rounds four through seven isn't higher than 6% chance ever. Right. Yeah. It goes lower, obviously, as you go down. And, and like you're saying, you have less that less than a 40% chance of ever even producing for your, for your fantasy team. Um, if you're, if you're outside the, those top three rounds, <laughs> it's, it's heart, it's kind of heartbreaking, but it's something you don't realize. And, and there's not very many James Robinson, sorry, people. It just doesn't, it's not like that. Um, all right, let's, let's move over to the wide receivers hit rates. We talked a lot about the running backs, similar, similar thing for the wide receivers. Um, round one. Uh, top 12 finish for round one drafted wide receivers, 34.5% chance of being a top 12 receiver, 50% chance, top 24, 62.1% chance, top 36. Um, so round one, you got a damn good chance of hitting, right? You 50, 50 chance, you're a top 24 receiver. That's, those are good odds. I like those. I think if you're picked in round one, you need to be you need to be considered as as a as a very high pick in a rookie draft um, for a wide receiver. It, it, no matter who you are, it, it I'm not high on Rashad Bateman. If he goes round one, he's got to be pushed up my board a little bit. It's got to happen. He has a 50 50 chance of having a top 24 season. I think he could very well be a good wide receiver too. So I, I get that. Um, let's move on to round two. How did the chances change? Top 12 season, 24 percent. Top 24 season, 32%. Top 36 season, 38%. So, de- de- you know, almost drops by like half uh, all the way across the board. Um, it, it, I mean, it's funny. This is almost a, a more, after round two, it's almost a sharper drop than it is for running backs, right? Once you get into round three, I mean, these guys are virtually unusable. You do have a 27% chance of hitting a top 36 season. So of being like a flex option. Um, but other than that, I mean, your chances of hitting are pretty, pretty much nil as far as a top 24 receiver, you know? Yeah. Uh, wide receivers drafted after in the fourth or after the fourth are historically basically busts and we all, and the thing is we get attached to those guys. I know I do. And so, uh, Tutu Atwell, Tutu Atwell, I love that guy, but he actually might get the draft capital. We'll see. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
at a buck 55 or whatever he weighs. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, if you're looking at it from a logical standpoint, these guys, they, they're just, they don't hit as often as you would like to think. And if you're a new dynasty player, player and that's what this is kind of geared towards, it might sound stark or like we're just making this shit up, but it's facts. These guys, they're not all going to hit, man. They're not all going to hit. And uh, in fact, most of them won't. I was listening to Peter Howard. He was saying like, uh, your best bet to be most right all the time is to say that they're all going to bust. Because if you say that every single player will bust, you'll be more right every single yeah. time. <laughs> they're trying to pick four or Who five hits. guys you think you're going to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And big shout out Peter Howard, by the way, that is where I got this data from. Yeah. So um, these, these hit rates are from Peter Howard's uh, databases. So major shout out to him. He is awesome. Dynasty Crossroads, go check it out. Um, awesome. So yeah. Uh, but from this, I mean, you, you just got to know you got you got to know to fade your your receivers once they're once they're not picked in those top few rounds i mean obviously you can take your shots but it's you you're just i mean what it looks like to me to be honest with you is this these two things right here have told me i want to pick my wide receivers early based on draft capital right not like i'm not saying i only want to pick my wide receivers early but i want to pick them earlier based on draft capital if they get picked in the first and i'm willing to wait a little bit longer to get some of those back end running backs, not the top tier, the top tier, they, they can hit, but the back end running backs have more of a chance to hit in those third rounds than a wider, a third round wide receiver would. Right. So your, your, your chances on a guy like, I don't know, Javian Hawkins or Jarrett Patterson, if they get picked in, in the third round or something like that are much greater than if, 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 you know, I don't know, Tylen Wallace for some reason fell to the fourth or the third, even though he's, a, even though he might be a better prospect it doesn't matter like the draft capital really really hurts them yep so the nfl the nfl tells us a lot about these players that yep, we don't that we don't know yep uriah said this all has said this for the past couple of weeks he's going to wait until the nfl tells him what to do with a lot of these guys okay so hit rates is something we'll we'll touch on you know in the future and um this is something we'll bring back up again the basics so we will you know we'll build it out more but that's that's definitely a good intro i love it all right, real quick, let's knock out some format types and platforms. Just, you know, run through these a little bit. We talked about a lot of the format types, but Dynasty Superflex Titan Premium talked about it. Dynasty 1QB, something that's not really super popular. There's still some out there, but, you know. Um, it's self-explanatory. I mean. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. Um, keeper leagues, if you're not familiar, it's basically half of a Dynasty league. <laughs> you, keep some, <laughs> you keep some of your players and then you redraft the rest of them. It's interesting. I'm in one of them. Uh, it's it's fun. It's a totally different strategy, obviously, because you're redrafting a lot of players, so you, you can get you have your you you have a pool of players you can get your hands on that you don't in dynasty. So it's just it's it's a lot more like redraft, I'd say. Um, but but still fun and, and a good intro into dynasty if you if you don't feel like you can handle it. Gauntlet leagues. Um, anybody ever played in a gauntlet league? I don't even know what one is. I'm doing one. I'm doing one this year, but I've been wanting to do one for a while. So can you explain to us what a gauntlet league is? No, you can. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the gauntlet league is lowest scoring team of the week gets kicked out and all their players get gets put on the waiver wire. And then it's an, it's basically like there's like a waiver or an auction style, like where you pick up the players. And generally it's an auction style to make it more fair for the league to actually get their hands on a player. You have like $100 over the season to spend. So if somebody gets kicked and they had CMC on their team, you know, you're spending a hundred dollars on fucking CMC or $90 on CMC or whatever, you know, you're spending your, the most of your budget on them. So um, 
these are these are really more like I, I like to think of them as like tournament leagues almost or like like fun you know fun kind of like one year style like let me try this out league because it's not something I think I'd be like into year to year but um but yeah Josh what's yours like the vampire one so the vampire league um <clears throat> excuse me um so part of the league are vampires part of the leagues are slayers the vampires are not allowed to draft, trade, or make waiver claims while the slayers can. When you so, and there's two divisions obviously the vampires and slayers, you play each other. If a vampire wins, they could take a comparable starting player from the opposite roster of the player. So, running back for running back, wide receiver for wide receiver. That's kind of cool. It is. That's a very, that's a very cool um, idea. Yeah. Um, and he's, and this particular one I'm in is running, it's only going to be three years. He put a timeline on it, $10 a year. So it was 30 bucks. So it wasn't too bad. Interesting. Okay. Last one of these kind of want to talk about are empire leagues. So these are interesting where each year half the pot goes to the year's winner and the other half is set aside in a rolling empire pot or an emperor pot rather. Um, when someone wins an emperor league in consecutive years, they win the rolling emperor pot and the league disbands. So it's a really interesting idea where basically the league continues to go until somebody wins back to back. They get this major pot and the league just ends, yeah. um, which is kind of like a sad thing, but it's also a cool thing because you're obviously that's the goal, I think, is for somebody to win it back to back and and just like annihilate everybody. Right. They're like, ah, mine. <laughs> yeah. So um, I love that idea. I think it's cool. Never played in one, but I like it. Uh, best ball. This is this the is Uriah's favorite. Ever. This is Uriah's favorite. What is it? Tell us, Uriah. Uh, best ball is good. You get a draft, and you don't have to worry about uh, waivers or setting a lineup. Just your top scorers automatically get plopped into your starting lineup, and that's it. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, that's what best is, ball is. Yeah. And as Uriah just described, there is no strategy to best ball whatsoever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm absolutely kidding. Um, I know. I know there is some to it, and it's uh, it's. Dude, everybody fucking loves it, and and um, I guess people should try it because it's, it's it seems to be a lot of fun for everybody but me. <laughs> All right, we talked about CTC and Devi. We will move on. A couple platforms. Uh, if you're new to Dynasty, you got to know MFL, my fantasy league. Uh, I if you're you have to play at least one one league in there because it is the best platform. Uh, sleep sleepers another one. Lot like lot like uh you know your your normal Yahoo or ESPN league, and then. Um, fan tracks. I think we have it on here because if you're playing in a C2C league, you're going to have to get familiar with it. It's uh, it's just another one and they house college players as well. Yeah. The only other one I can think of that people use a lot is called FFPC and the FFPC is your basic dynasty roster, except for they do have kickers in defense in most of their leagues and you have to uh, cut your rosters down to 16 players. So I guess during the regular season, you actually have uh, better players for your waiver pickups. Just talk really quickly about knowing your league mates. Um, something I just talked about before, man, like in auctions, in uh, in trading, and all that stuff in rookie pick, in rookie drafts, like knowing who your league mates are, and and you know if I if I'm in a league with all guys like Uriah and Joshua, I know well, I'm going to be much more competitive against them because I know what their likes are, what their needs are, what their wants are. Same with knowing your, your league mates teams. It just, it, it's imperative. Like sometimes I forget, you know, who's, who's 
favorite players are and stuff like that. And if you remember those things, you can take advantage of selling them players they want. You can take advantage of picking guys ahead of them, all sorts of things. So um, we don't need to harp on it or anything, but it's, you know, when you get into dynasty leagues, I think a lot of the time you don't get into it with your friends because it's hard to create a league with your friends and it's hard to get to know your league mates. At first you might feel like shy or whatever, but everybody in this community is, uh, is, is really into it. And, and I don't think there's any reason to be shy. So definitely get to know each other. Um, at least from like a, a fantasy perspective, what each other wants, ask them, ask like when you're chatting, like, you know, literally like when I have individual conversations about trading and stuff, I, you know, I try to figure it out. Like you get to know people. So. Yeah. I think that's very important. Uh, I think uh, Jordan touched on it is when you're getting into a startup, when you have your, no, it was a uh, shame either way, same point when you're getting like you, you start to build a, a small little family, right? Each individual league has a different feel to it. And uh, you kind of want to reach out and try to at least know a couple of the guys. Uh, the more you know them, the easier it is to trade with them. Um, I found at least there's a lot less back and forth. Um, if you're trading with a guy that you've had some uh, conversations with just about anything really. So, yeah, I can't stress enough, uh, how important it was to get to know everybody in the league and, and be involved in the group chat for console wars. And what's cool is so, a few of the other leagues that I got into spawned off from console wars, a couple, like, um, somebody in there is, is the commissioner of the Devi league we're, we're in and of another dynasty league I'm in. So I've, I've, and a couple of people in the community. I'm in some other leagues with like John Bosch and them who I've talked about. And it's just these good groups of people who we've been able to get to know each other and we're willing to get to know each other within the chats. It's just far as from fantasy and, and then you end up talking about life stuff and joking and whatever. And it just becomes so much easier to deal with each other and and so much more fun of a league. It's literally like if you were if you were an NFL team, you would know all the other NFL teams pretty in and out. You know what I mean? And you know the executives and you'd have lunch with them and you'd talk to them. And it's like, whatever, this is fantasy football, but it's like that. You know what I mean? You get to know everybody because it's dynasty. Love that. Awesome. Okay. Real quick. Um, we talked about when to trade uh, for value when to, a little bit about that with, with um, you know, the picks and pick value and stuff. One thing I want to talk about trading is vetoing. Uh, that's something that comes from redraft leagues you know, we love to fucking veto and redraft leagues because we can, we can, <laughs> we can stop people from, from beating us. Being good. <laughs> yeah. We can stop you from being good and making good trades. But in dynasty leagues, um, a lot of us have, have really taken up the position of, of never veto, right? Don't, there's no vetoing. We don't do that shit. If it was up to me and we didn't have to worry about payment dues and console wars, those, you know, the trades and console wars would fly right through and we wouldn't even look at them. I was literally um, just about to say that I'm like, there's no veto, but there is commissioner approval. Yeah, I mean, you can have commissioner approval to make sure that, you know, everybody's paid up and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I had this conversation with the Keeper League that, that, I, that I got in that I was talking about. We started it up and I was like, I don't think we should have trade vetoes. And they were like, what happens if there's collusion? And I'm like, if there's collusion, you're going to know it and we kick you out. Like, there is no, was that collusion? What do you mean? Like, you know, if, come on, like, this is, this is really simple stuff, man. Like, if somebody just wants to make a trade, then make the fucking trade. Like, if you guys were texting on the side we'll find out about it. Like, we'll find out, like, you know, if you were texting on the side, like, Oh, let's, you know, I'll split the pot with you. <laughs> like, you know, that's fucking shady shit. Like you can't do that. Obviously we're going to figure this out, but like, I don't care if you're trade, if you know, if you made a trade that I'm like, Whoa, like, I really wish that didn't just go down because your that team just got better. And that team just got fucked. Like some people just, you know, Shane talked about this too. I want to, I want to win a trade now or lose a trade now that I'm going to win in six months or whatever it is. Right. Like, 
that happens a lot in Dynasty, so you can't police it so much and and stop people from doing what they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last thing I want to talk about here is Dynasty etiquette. Um, I don't know what really uh, made me think about this, but it's just kind of the way that you treat each other in dynasty leagues is far from a, from a, like, honestly, from a transactional perspective, like if we're going to trade with each other and maybe I know that you don't have the same level of knowledge I have, am I going to just be ruthless as hell? Like, am I going to be, take them for all they got? Like, I don't care. I don't care if you're saying, Oh, do you want my Corey Davis or do you want my T Higgins for your Corey Davis? You know what I mean? Just like complete, like, nonsensical stuff it's like and i'm just like yeah let's do it um you know or so i guess my my question is this do you think that there's a certain way that somebody should be like do you think it's bad for people to be ruthless like that and take everybody for all they have or should they be more fair or um because one thing i found is you can be too fair i can be overly generous where i'll want to give back something to make sure that they it doesn't look that bad you know what i mean like or to make sure that they didn't get taken for everything they have. You know, I think it just goes down to, you know, we're all, most of us are adults. Hopefully if you're playing, if you're gambling with money, you should be at least 18 or older. Right. But uh, we're, we're all adults here and uh, everyone gets to make their own decisions. I, 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 to the, to, to your point, like I wouldn't be like trying to get like, okay, if you got a deal basically done trying to like, well, give me an extra third or whatever. Like you can only do that so many times before people just say no. So if you I would find if you're trying to squeeze everybody, you're not going to get a lot of deals done in the first place, right? It all comes down to fairness. The best trades are the ones where everyone is like, oh, hey, I'm happy with that. It's just like the one I made the other day with uh, Gus Edwards. I sent a, a third and fourth, which I thought was pretty cheap for Gus. I'm like, hey, Gus is cool. But the guy came back and he's like, hey, that was awesome. I didn't have to negotiate with you. Like, it's that made me feel good. I'm like, oh, great. Like, he was happy with it. I was happy with it. We didn't even, I never talked to him once. I just sent the trade. He offered it or accepted it and was like, Hey, I'm happy with that. Those are the kind of trades that I do. My trading style is a little different than your guys's, but um, obviously we're all trying to win. So try to get what you can. But at some point, if you just keep trying to get more and more and more, like you're not going to get any deals done. You know, that's the thing. And uh, there's just too much information out there uh, to really, really take advantage of anybody. Like, I like that. It's just, it's just going to be hard if you, you're not really going to have be able to just rake somebody. There might be a couple really new guys that just don't know anything. And that's why I stress not to make too many trades when you first start. But um, there's just too much information out there that you can squeeze somebody like that. So if you're trying to, I think you're going to run into a situation where no one's going to deal with you. So I guess, honestly, this section is more of like a question in general. It's more of like a, like, a, like just a, um, like a Buddha question, like, you know, just like a philosoph- philosophical uh, thought process, right? Like, should there be dynasty etiquette? Like, should, like, is there dynasty etiquette? And I think that, like, we're talking around, I think that there, there kind of is, right? Like, I'm thinking about it now in a couple ways. Like, one, one thing is I keep receiving trades in one league, uh, leave him nameless. And I'm just like, dude, like, you got, like, that's disrespectful. Like, I just, I, I won't say who it was or what league it was in. I, I received an offer, uh, the 303 or the 301 for Melvin Gordon. Like you can fuck right off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like stop sending that. And that wasn't the first one. I got shit like that. I can't, I'm like, like, stop doing that, man. Or like, like this, the trade we discussed before we came on air. Like, 
yeah so it's just like stop sent like those things are are going to create like um bad relationships bad you know bad partners in uh in your dynasty league bad trade partners so i think there is there is a level of of etiquette i don't think you need to take it too far because you know you don't need to go ahead and, and like if somebody sends you a trade you don't need to send them back something with something extra so you don't feel bad you know take take what you can get man if somebody's, <laughs> yeah. if somebody's giving it to you take it like it's okay um one more thing i was thinking about is there's ways to like ruin your relationship in these leagues one could be through a chat saying some stupid some dumb ignorant shit right yeah, yeah. everyone's like oh you know fuck this guy you know but also the trades you send that is uh that's a communication of sorts right so it says like who you are as a person. So and it says what you think about me. That. And it says what you yeah, think and it says about what you me. Think of, exactly. You think I'm stupid? You think I'm selling <laughs> Melvin Gordon for the three oh one? Like, come on, man. Anybody plugging into a trade calculator, it doesn't work that way either. So, um, I love that. I love that. You're right. What about uh, trade discussions in public? Um, is that a no no? Yo, this is the, my biggest pet peeve, and I've talked about <laughs> it, I've talked about it so fucking much. If we're discussing a trade po- privately. Don't put it in the group chat. There's absolutely no reason to put it in the group chat. If you don't like my trade, we're discussing this privately. Unless yeah. to roast you. That's the only reason. And that's not a good <laughs> reason to do it either. <laughs> that's, yeah, but no, so, no, it's not. You're, no, it's not a good reason, Josh. You're right. I, I, I totally agree with you. This, it's bullshit. I, and, I, I've um, shut down trades and I've never traded with people before because I make it known if I'm trading with you, we're keeping the shit private. If this leaks out, then don't don't try coming back around yeah that's bad that josh has gotten to the point where every part every trade discussion there's a caveat listen man, <laughs> he's like if, sign if his you, waiver <laughs> if you let this fucking shit out we're done forever all right don't talk oh to well, me. no no it's more when i join a league i'm like look, <laughs> if you're trading with me we, you keep this shit private i love that oh my god josh that's amazing but it's true uh, that's just another way to uh i don't know get some if you're in a league with 12 people and you do that to three of them, you only have now eight people that are willing to trade with you until you do it again. Right. So <laughs> it's crazy. you're going to run out of options. So there, there is some etiquette, right? You know. This is, this is actually a really interesting one talking about player values while they're still on the board, talking about players. Oh, Dak is still sitting there. It's the fifth round. What's Dak still doing there guys. Okay. I have like the perfect analogy and I'd love to give credit to who said it, but I'm in a startup right now. And uh, someone had mentioned, Oh, I wonder, you know, when Melvin or Todd Gurley's getting taken or something like that. He's like, Oh, please don't talk about players still on the board. And I was like, yeah, that's good. But the way that they put it, it was like, we don't want it to be an open book test for all the people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? So that's, that's the thing. Like, so there is still some edge there. Like if you start talking about a player that hasn't been drafted yet, if they're in a situation like Deshaun Watson or Todd Gurley who doesn't have a team yet like or Dak coming back from injury or Dak coming back from injury like yeah it's not an open book test for everybody there then there's there's a little bit of edge that's taken away from the players who are really keyed in right it's not it's not our responsibility as a league nor is it our right to tell you who the fuck is sitting there on the board it is your responsibility (laughs) to go look and find the values if you know, every time you're sitting there and you like, you scroll through and you go, oh, wide receiver, what the fuck is that guy? Why is he still sitting there that low? You know, you're like, holy shit, he's still there. You you don't go and run into the chat. Hey guys, why is this guy sitting there? If you don't want him, 
Well, if you, I'm <laughs> saying, but if you don't like him, you don't go ahead and do it. This isn't an auction where you get to nominate players, all right, my guy? Like, if it's an auction, go ahead and nominate your player and don't talk about it. But it's if it's not, then shut the hell up and just go get your value or, you know, or take them yourself and trade them to somebody if you think it's a value. Like, you know, do something about it. I don't know. Yeah, I would say don't. Don't talk to people about players until after they've been drafted. All right, cool. So that was actually pretty awesome. I'm surprised we got through that. That was a lot. I hope I hope everybody stuck with it. Um, this is something I, I really do want to build out a little bit and try to add to and modify and update and, and kind of bring bring to the audience. So I, I'm really happy about that. I hope everybody enjoyed. Yeah, that's all I got. Hope everybody enjoys the NFL draft this weekend. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Your IFF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beeman DFF, and at Josh Goldberg AGP. Mm-hmm.